my gosh, this is, this is going to be a bit. Well, hello there, friend. My name is Brandy. And I once upon a time had a bookshop on wheels. Now I have a bookstore with an address in Edmonton, Alberta, and a second location in Beaumont, Alberta. So needless to say, we are kind of hopping around here. This podcast started out as the Book Truck Chronicles, documenting my journey, my adventures, the people I met along the way, and all of the books that partnered with me on that journey. But now, since there is no longer a book truck, we are simply a bookstore. Wait, simply a bookstore? No, no, no. We are kind of an awesome little bookstore, and we have the best community going. So this podcast now is really all about celebrating the books we read, our vibrant reading lives, and the community of people in the Daisy Chain Bookstore circle, which actually inspires us and motivates us to read things out of our comfort zones all the time. You might think that as a bookstore owner or booksellers, we are in the know and we have the dibs on everything and we just recommend five-star reads all the time. No, we do not. We are learning constantly from the people that we meet. And that's the fun part. That's why you're listening to this podcast, because you also want to learn about different books to read, why that book was good, why that book kind of sucked, and an actual experience of reading and trying to fit that into a very, very busy life. So on today's chapter of the Bookshop Chronicles, we are going to look at some of the many books that yours truly has read over the last while. Now, friends, I have I have been absorbing books kind of like like a 3 a.m. TikToker absorbs gossipy details about Hailey Bieber. Um, I have been loving some of the books that I have found. I have also found some real duds. Now, you know I'm going to tell you which are which because I don't need you to waste your reading time. Alrighty, let's go. Okay, the first one I want to talk about, and these books are in no particular order, by the way. They're not alphabetical. They're not starred in any order. I'm just, as soon as they come to me, I'm going to tell you about them because that's pretty much how my brain is working. Okay, the first book I want to talk about is We Spread by Ian Reid. Now, you might remember Ian Reid from the very popular book, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which I think was also a Netflix movie. I didn't see it. However, I did read I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and I had very mixed feelings about it. However, I saw the cover of We Spread, and I was intrigued. It was a smaller hardcover book, and that also intrigued me because I like it when an author can be succinct and precise and not give me three pages about a tree. You know what I'm saying? So I thought this might be a really good, fast burst of a book, and I was down for that. Well, what I got was something unexpected. I knew nothing going into this book. So... The story of this one is about Penny. She is an artist who is in, let's say her second act. She's later in life. And her partner has died. And she's living in this apartment. And unbeknownst to her, he had planned for her next stage. So if she was ever unable to not live in her apartment safely on her own, he had plans for her. 
So, of course, as, you know, we are wont to do, she fell. And this was it. The landlord decided, that's it. You're out. And here we're going to interact with what the plan was put in place for you already. I was a little bit iffy on that because I don't like that idea. But here we go. So her partner put her in this very exclusive residence, not a resort. It's a residence. It was in the middle of the forest. Now, I'm not going to say too much about this because I do not know what I can say without giving much away. However, unreliable narrators all over the place. I did not know what was up and what was down. I didn't know if I loved it or if I hated it, but I was compelled to read it. It was trippy. It was quite a whirlwind. And I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I mean, it was... It was a book that was so intriguing and so compelling and it made me page turn for sure, which is great. But also at the end, I didn't know what I read. Um, Now, some people really love a vague ending. They love it when it's not all wrapped up with a bow. They love it when things are a little bit, you know, shadowy and there's multiple perspectives on what could have happened. I would say that's what could be said about this entire book, but I don't know anybody else who's read it. So if you have read We Spread by Ian Reed, please, please message me and tell me what you thought. Um, I, I definitely would say that I would recommend this book because it's an intriguing read. And it's also a very good palate cleanser from those very predictable formulaic books that we just sort of find on our TBRs on the regular. So this was a refreshing change, but I don't know what I think about it. So We Spread by Ian Reed. Well-written, very interesting, very creative, unreliable, and twisty. So please, please tell me if you have read this book. I would love to hear your thoughts. I also took a trip down memory lane and I picked up a Judy Bloom book that was out when I was a teenager. So this one is called Forever, and I believe it came out in 1975. So I don't remember having ever read this book before. I mean, I was very much into the whole, you know, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and Deanie, and all of those other ones that we were reading. But this one was probably one that I passed over. So at the age of 50, I decide, sure, I'll read a coming-of-age story about two teenagers and their first love experience. This was not what I expected, friends. So this is definitely written for an older group, not a young teenager. This is um, a young girl's sexual awakening and her and her boyfriend partner. It is much more um, detailed in the intimacy than I would have thought for a young audience. And I was also pretty disappointed with the way that Michael, so the the two people in the story are Catherine and Michael. And Michael, um, he seems to have a lot of convincing in the intimacy. He doesn't seem to take no for an answer. And she just sort of goes along with it. The whole idea of consent is not really ever discussed. And so much of this made me uncomfortable because I didn't feel as if she was fully taking part in the same level that he was. And that imbalance made me very uncomfortable, especially for their ages and for the way that I felt it was also 
educating young people to think this is normal, this is lovely, this is romance. No, no, no. This is this sets a really bad tone. And Judy, I'm I'm sure that your other books still will have a good place in my memory, but this one, no, I did not love this. Um, it was very progressive for the time. I mean, young Catherine, she has a pregnancy scare and she goes to Planned Parenthood on her own and has a conversation with the counselor there and you know they have that discussion but I really do feel it was a early feminist take but yet there were also some parts that were very anti-feminist so it was very conflicting for me um, maybe Judy was working some things out as she wrote this book I don't know but 1975 you know got to give it some grace um, it would not be published the same today I don't think if it was starting from scratch um, I don't know there's definitely there's definitely some red flags for me about this book I don't know what did you think okay so if we're going to talk about books that actually did make me feel good and I thought were really worth recommending I'm going to give you a few now I didn't mean to start out with two that were not good to recommend but you know sometimes that is just how we roll around here Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. This one came out in 2019 and it has a rom-com formula, but I think it really does resist the cheesy checkboxes that a lot of rom-coms have. I really, really appreciated this one. So this is about Evelyn, of course, who she's stuck at home because she is grieving the loss of her husband and getting back into regular life is just, it's just a little bit challenging. And a friend says, hey, I've got this guy who just needs a break. He needs a place to stay. And could you just kind of put him up in your you know, back house for a little while? And it's like an apartment at the back of the house. And she says, you know, what the hell? So this person who moves in, his name is Dean. He's a former major, major league pitcher and he's got a case of the yips. He can't seem to do all the amazing pitching that he did before and he is in a slump. So he is also grieving and he's trying to figure out his life, but he needs to escape all the paparazzi and the publicity and he needs to just go somewhere else. So the two of them are working through stuff. They have fun rapport, they become friends, and I really like the dynamic of these two, how they brought each other out at the friend level. It felt very realistic and cozy and fun, and the pace of it was so well done, it didn't have the insert intimacy moment here, and then insert argument here. It had, it had a much nicer flow, and I really liked it. It was a good palate cleanser. It felt satisfying. I liked the characters and yeah, it felt like the perfect read at the perfect time. Okay, now I'm gonna talk about two books that kind of go together. Here's why. The first one is called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. Now, by now you have probably heard and seen so much about this book. I am not gonna go into too much detail. It almost is getting overplayed and I'm almost sorry that out of all the books I read I'm spending time talking about it but I feel like I need to mention it because I was so intrigued by Marcellus the octopus in this story and his abilities and his just the nature of his body and the things that he has and the things he does octopuses kind of blow my mind so I really enjoyed this book a giant Pacific octopus and a cleaning lady at the 
aquarium in is it Puget Sound, I think? Anyway, um, so I was really, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was fun. I thought it was different. But I was still thinking about Marcellus when I stopped the book. That led me to read The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. This book, uh, it is a nonfiction book. It is called The Soul of an Octopus, A Surprising Exploration into the Wonder of Consciousness. And I mean, it was nominated for a National Book Award for nonfiction. It is this secret little kind of under the radar book that people, if they know about it, they know about it. But for me, I'd never heard of it. So I was very intrigued. This is about um, a scientist who decides she wants to go into a deep dive into the world of an octopus, how they manage life, what their experience is like, what they can do. And it is so beautiful to find out the connection between octopuses and humans, what that looks like and what is possible. I loved this book. I loved hearing about all the crazy things octopuses can do and have done what their potential is and how short their little lifespans are. I mean, Oh my gosh. So if you're curious, if you liked Marcellus, if you think that octopuses are just marvelous creatures that you do not know enough about, I cannot recommend this book enough. The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. Okay, now here's a really fun one. This book is called The Change by Kirsten Miller. Okay, so it has been dubbed as Big Little Lies Meets the Witches of Eastwick. Now, what I really liked about this is it's kind of a feminist witch's story, which of course many of them are. However, this is women who are later in life and are not cheesy. They are undergoing real midlife circumstances. Your body's changing. You, it's not familiar anymore. I'll, you're going through all these kinds of changes and you're seeing people move on with their lives and you're grieving people who've left and people who are moving on and you're stuck and relationships that didn't work and all of these things that happen to so many people in midlife. Well, this is a beautiful story about three different women who realize that midlife changes also bring a different kind of empowerment and they each discover powers that are kind of underneath that haven't really come out yet. So they undergo metamorphosis, if you will, um, as they get older. And they discover that there are things within them that are longing to get out, that bind them together, and that change the community they're in in drastic ways. So there is also a murder mystery. There is also a very peculiar enclave of very crazy wealthy people who are trying to dominate this small rich community. Oh yeah, these three women are not having it, friends. Joe, Nessa, and Harriet, yeah, when they take matters into their own hands, nothing is ever the same. Power to the change. <laughs> this was a fun, fun read. A very good and different take. And it was exactly the book I needed at the right time. For me, sometimes regardless of what the book is about or how it's written, if it feels like the right book at the right time, it just moves up in the star ratings for me because it scratches that itch. So this one, The Change by Kirsten Miller, definitely scratched that itch. I listened to a book 
called The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. This one came out in 2022 and it really shook me. I have had the most challenging time talking about this book without giving away the twists, the turns, the freakouts, and the drama. So what I'm going to do, and I, you know, I typically do not do this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the description from the back of the book. The rules. Number one, listen carefully. Number two, do your research. Number three, trust no one. Number four, run for your life. Harriet Reed, a novelist on the brink of literary stardom, is newly engaged to Edward Holbeck, the heir of an extremely powerful family. And even though Edward has long tried to sever ties with them, news of the couple's marital bliss has the Holbecks inching back into their lives. As Harriet is drawn into their lavish world, the family seems perfectly welcoming. So when Edward's father, Robert, hands Harriet a tape of a book he's been working on, she is desperate to listen. But as she presses play, it is clear that this isn't just a novel, it's a confession. A confession to a grisly crime, a murder, and suddenly the game is in motion. Okay, so that's a little bit of the description. This this really had so many things going for it. And um, wow, if you can get your hands on the audiobook for this, it is so good. It is so, so, so good. Um... I loved it. I loved the different tone of it. I loved how when she presses play, the sound of the audiobook actually sounds like some old time tape that's being played in the background, really giving you a sense of it. The atmosphere in the story is creepy as anything. And wow, it makes you question a lot of stuff. So The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. If you like a twisty book, if you like things that are kind of dark and kind of keep you guessing, this is probably the book for you. Okay, now like many of you, I am a fan of Kristen Hanna. I think she is a brilliant storyteller. I love the way she weaves multiple points of view and different timelines to create a very full, rich story without being overwhelming, confusing, or annoying. That happens a lot, but Kristen Hanna seems to have really figured it out and I am loyal to her. I will read what she writes. I'm excited about how she's really come into herself as a writer and her storytelling just seems to check so many boxes with a popular audience. So I'm, I'm a fan of hers. And I decided I was going to do a little backlist of Kristen Hanna. So I found Night Road, published in 2011. This book was so good. It was mentioned to me by a number of people who came into the store saying, oh, this one, read it with Kleenex. And I thought, oh man, I am so into that. Any book that demands I cry, I am loving it. So did I cry? Yep, yes, I did. I absolutely did. I'm not sorry. This one is about two women. One is Jude, who is a happily married, stay-at-home mom of two kids, um, Mia and Zach, who are twins, and she is like mom of the year. There is nothing she will not do for her kids. We Should we call her a helicopter mom? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But she's devoted. She is so in love with her children. And then along comes Lexi. Lexi is um, a girl who was in foster care. She's got a bit of a a dark, lonely story and she befriends Mia. So 
the mom that she is, June says, everyone is welcome. So Mia and Lexi become best friends and hang out together. Well, before too long, Zach and Mia come to odds because Zach falls in love with Lexi. Now, their drama takes on a whole new life. There is confusion, there's heartbreak, there's that new love and all of those beautiful things. And then one night in high school, there's an accident and everybody's life changes. So what happens is Jude and Lexi have to find a way to come together when Lexi comes back to town as an adult. And they have to try to find a way to reconnect, build a bridge, deal with some of their issues, um, share the things that they love, and find a way as two women who are struggling with forgiveness and heartache and memories and what it means to move on without leaving your past totally, but honoring it well in your future. So it was really good. I loved it. And yeah, Night Road by Kristen Hanna. Uh, it's a win. It was a win for me. Well done, Kristen Hanna. Well done. At some point, I was encouraged to read a book by Abby Jimenez called Part of Your World. Okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. So I put it on my list at the library just to see when the audiobook would come available. Well, when it did, I thought, what the heck? I'll give it a try. Oh my gosh, I loved it. So first of all, it was narrated with Julia Whalen and Zachary Weber. You know I love Julia Whalen as an audiobook narrator. I am not alone in this. She is like top, top, top for me. However, Zachary Weber as a audiobook narrator killed it. He was so fantastic in this. The two of them together, honestly, it was such a win. And I say the book to read with your eyeballs is awesome. I did that too. But with your ears, it is a special treat. So please try and go, go to Libro FM, get the audiobook. Of course, choose Daisy Chain Book Company as your preferred bookstore because, you know, we love you too. Um, but this is such a great audiobook. This is a story of, what is her name? Uh, Alexis. Oh, her name is Alexis Montgomery. Now, does that not sound like a Days of Our Lives name? Her name is Alexis Montgomery. Montgomery. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That is literally her name. Um, now she ends up in this small town because she's got some car trouble and she connects with Daniel, who is, of course, a hot carpenter who's a little bit younger than her, but he's a very small town. He's taking care of a baby goat. Uh, he knows how to cook. He's all these things and he just, he just sweeps her off her feet. However, she is from a very wealthy family. She's a renowned surgeon. Um, she has parents who expect her to live a certain life, marry a certain kind of dude, and perform and honor the family name. And she's skipping off to this small town to experience a real life situation that is so wholesome and so satisfying with Daniel. But she's kind of living two lives. So what does that look like? Um, Okay, I'm not going to say what happens. It, I mean, it's a love story, so you probably know what happens. However, definitely go get this audiobook and listen to it. Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Honestly, 
It's fabulous, not just because it has a baby goat in it, but it is a mixture of small town, ambiance, quirky characters. There's a lot of yummy food mentioned. Um, the characters are really, really good. And it was such a good book when it was over. Here's what I did, friends. I did a deep dive and I instantly went and read every single one of Abby Jimenez's books. I did. One after the other. I loved them all. Some more than others, but I love them all. I think that Abby Jimenez has really figured out how to tell a satisfying love story that's not overdosing in cheesemo and has just the right elements. I think she's figured it out. The witty banter, on point. The characters, fabulous and flawed. They're not perfect. So yeah, go get yourself some Abby Jimenez. Come back. Tell me what you think because I'm a big fan of hers now and I can happily say I've read everything she's written. <laughs> and she has a new book coming out this year. So uh, I'm excited for that one already. But yeah, thank you Abby Jimenez because this was such a thrill for me as a bookseller because when somebody's coming in and they're asking what's a really good one I don't want one that's too smutty I don't want one that's too cheesy I just want a really good book okay I can give you Abby Jimenez I can give you Emily Henry I can you know I can do those things I love that I can count on this I love the fact that when I am recommending a book to somebody in the store I'm not only thinking about their reading experience and what they will enjoy but also is it worth their dollar not every book is. Let me be very honest about that. But when I'm finding books that I love, I think, okay, yes, per page, the reading experience, the whole thing, this is worth the dollar. I feel extra good recommending those books. So Abby Jimenez, chef's kiss. Okay, now here's a book that I have a little bit of a contrary opinion about. I do believe that I'm the only one that I've talked to who's had this opinion, so nobody can call me a copycat. I read the book, I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. I have some thoughts. I do think that when somebody goes through stuff that is as traumatic and challenging as Jeanette McCurdy's experience with her mom, with addiction, with eating disorder, with the very, very dysfunctional and traumatic relationship she had with her mom when she was a child actor and onward. I get that that leaves a mark. And the social worker in me had a lot of questions, a lot of red flags. There was a lot of places I wanted to stop and go, okay, now what are, what's happening here? <laughs> I didn't want to just keep going. Um, I really wanted to kind of break that down and, and help her out through it. But I felt that it was sensationalized in a way that just didn't sit well with me. Even the title, I'm glad my mom died. That, that's a shock title. That's a title that, I don't know, for a lot of people who have lost their moms and they don't feel that way, uh, granted, I'm not about censoring things like that. However, I do think it was a shock tale that was unnecessary. The cover with her pink kind of retro look and the, the pink urn that she's holding, it, it, it's a shock cover. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, I think that if, 
if she had actually spent more time in therapy and she had spent more time reflecting on this instead of dealing with it, which I think for her is still very fresh, I think she would have written a different book. I think if she had waited 10 years and written this from a more mature place, this book would have come off a little bit differently. So um, I'm not going to discount or judge any of the issues she had with eating disorders and with the abuse from her mom or the media industry, which I think is just so volatile and shaming in itself. But I do think that it invited people into a shock and a shame cycle, which was very, very bizarre for me to read. So as a means of comparison, I would recommend The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Ivana Lynch. Ivana Lynch was cast as Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter. She herself has a very um, traumatic and personal experience with an eating disorder. She also grew up and dealt with media in Hollywood. She also had a lot of very difficult entanglements with relationships and people in her life who were just trying to make things difficult. But the book that she wrote is a very different experience. She is, she's an accomplished narrator of her own life. I think she really speaks about her experience with a tone of maturity and, um, Definitely it's inspiring, but it's not necessarily about self-destruction and shock. She's very much about knowing that who you choose to be as a result of what you've gone through can be liberating and it can be freeing. And that was um, that was a very great way, I thought, to present it because there are a lot of people who have eating disorders who are going to read these books and feel all sorts of similar experiences and how they choose to deal with that. Um, I think it needs to be handled well, like so many sensitive issues. So I these two books together, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Ivana Lynch and I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy, two very different books. Um, but gosh, I, yeah, read them both. Read them both and see what you think. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, this book is a different kind of shocker. This one is called Near the Bone by Christina Henry. It came out in 2021. Um, Okay, so this story is about Maddie. Maddie lives with William. They live in this little tiny cottage or cabin, if you will, very secluded on a mountain. There is nobody around them. That is very much how William likes it. He just keeps the two of them separate from the world. There's a lot of rules in their house. Um, There is a monster in the woods and they're aware of it, but they don't exactly know what it is. They just know they have to fear it. So when she discovers a mutilated body of a fox, she finds out, oh, there's something else going on here that wasn't there before. And the claws and the cries in the night and the things that are happening around them are terrifying her. When she finally discovers three people who appear on that mountaintop looking for this creature, she has not seen people besides William in as long as she can remember. That alone is shocking to her. But what happens next is mysterious. Christina Henry likes to take a story and do something unexpected with it. 
So like the book she wrote, The Girl in Red, which is a dystopian modern twist of Little Red Riding Hood, Near the Bone is a different kind of monster story. So yes, there is something terrifying in the woods, um, but if anything unexpected happens that William doesn't like, terrible things happen. So who is the monster? What should Maddie be afraid of? And what is really going on on the mountaintop? Ooh, it was gritty. It was fun. It was, um, ooh, it was kind of dark sometimes, but it was, it was a very good book. I don't know that I would call it a horror book, but maybe I just don't understand really what horror is. I don't read a lot of scary, scary books. I don't read books that keep me up at night. This one wouldn't have done that for sure, but it was definitely gritty and definitely compelling. So Near the Bone by Christina Henry. That was a fun read. And now for something completely different. Okay, the next book I read was called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. Kalanithi. Um, it was a nonfiction book. It's a memoir. Um, at the age of 36, Paul Kalanithi was a neurosurgeon in training. He was doing incredibly well. Then he got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. He went from treating people at the edge of death to being somebody himself who was facing the end of his own life. And he decided to go on a quest to find out what makes a virtuous and meaningful life. This kind of self-exploration, this kind of philosophical what happens when we die is so appealing for so many reasons. And I really appreciated the way he tackled this as a scientist and a human, as somebody who is part of a active family, who has people who love him, who is struggling with what it means to leave people behind and also to be the one leaving them, how you own both of those things at the same time. It was, it was beautifully done. And um, I can see why this book is something that people have given away as gifts and this is something that people go back to time and time again because his exploration of this idea of how to create a simple valuable meaningful life and what it means to hold on to those things that already exist in your life is timeless we all need those reminders we all need those corrections when the world is TikTok crazy and fast-paced and we're spending our time doing things that mean nothing to actually focus on the things that do matter puts things into perspective. And I think that when we get lost in trippy in those ideas of just getting into the fiction genre, whatever our genre of choice is, we can spend so much time there and we feed on it. We consume media, podcasts, TV, movies. We consume those things, they change us. Whatever you take in is going to affect you. So it's so helpful to have things that you consume that challenge you and make you a better human. This is one of those books. I can't recommend it enough. It's not long. It's, it's precise. It's crisp. And it's relatable as much as it is impactful. When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. Brilliant. Okay, so this one that I read was just such a fun ride. It's called Pretty Things by Janelle Brown. It came out in 2020 and this one is about two different women. 
Nina and Vanessa. Nina was raised by her mom to be, uh, frankly, a con artist. And Nina partners up with uh, an Irish boyfriend named Lachlan. And they decide they're going to scam people. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, I mean, that's good couple activities, right? Like, let's go scam people. So anyway, they decide they're going to have their most bold scam yet. And then they can relax for a while and not have to work. Vanessa is a privileged heiress. And she decides that she's going to go to her family's huge estate to escape the trauma of all of the social media attention and all the pressures of, you know, being famous and beautiful. <gasps> so she goes away to her family's fancy mansion and makes it into kind of like a bed and breakfast. She lets out rooms. And one of those rooms, she lets out to Nina and Lachlan. Um, it doesn't quite end up like you think it will. Things are not quite what you think they are. And I do love when that is handled well. I appreciated that there were many emotions and many possibilities in this book that gave the characters nuance. They were not these typical, like, flat, shallow characters that didn't have anything to contribute. There was a lot going on there, and I really liked how it was unwrapped carefully. So, yeah, I would have to say Pretty Things was a very fun, dazzling book about deceit and destruction and and what two women from very different backgrounds are willing to do to protect the life they want. Ooh, it was such a good one. Okay, friends, that is just a little bit of the book dump that I'm giving you today. Now, I know it's been a hot minute since we've talked, right? Because honestly, here's the deal. Running two bookstores is a lot of work. I mentioned that before. This is not a surprise. I'm not complaining. It is a privilege. But it does mean that I don't have nearly as much time to sit down and podcast as I would like. The other challenge is the dogs in my neighborhood. They are always talking to each other. They are talking to everything that goes by their yards. They are talking to whatever. A paper bag flies by their gate. They have to let it rip. So there has been so many times I have sat down to sit here and talk with you. And the dogs make it impossible for me to do that. Or things are happening in my house and I just cannot get it done. So I am here by myself for the day. My chores are done. And now I get to sit here and talk to you. I have missed you. Tell me how things are going. Send me a message. Find, let me know what's going on in your world. I would love to hear from you. Our community at Daisy Chain Book Company is so solid and they are so rich in experience and stories and they have so many good recommendations. So please feel free to leave comments and whatnot at the end of this podcast because it will help other people find us. It will also share really, really good book recommendations with other people. And if you would like to know more about what's going on at the stores, you can always go to daisychainbook.co, sign up for our email newsletter, which we send once a month because frankly, I do not like the idea of ever flooding your inbox with more emails than are necessary. We have books to read, right? We don't need to sit there and read emails all day long. So if you want to know what's going on there, if you want to get some book recommendations, please feel free to sign up for our email list. And 
follow us on Instagram because we have a lot going on there and we have been doing some really fun things lately. So I have a few things in the works and I'm trying to shake off the dust of things that don't. <laughs> and you know what? This is this is a fun journey. Somebody asked me yesterday, was it you who ran the book truck? And first of all, I was just really delighted that she said the word book truck and not bookmobile. I feel like that is... Oh, that is such a victory because for so long I was educating people and trying to get that word out there. And yes, I said, I absolutely am that person. And she said, oh, my friend heard about you in Las Vegas. She told me that I should come here to your store. I live eight blocks away. I didn't know you were here. Oh, my word. Friends, if you have something good in your neighborhood, in your city, wherever you are, tell people about it. We can't assume that people know about all these amazing things. Sometimes they don't. So if you do know about Someplace Awesome, if there is a really cool independent bookstore where you live, tell people about it. Maybe they just don't know it's there and they will be so grateful that you pointed them in the right direction. Readers, we got to support each other, right? This is, it's a quiet personal thing when you sit there to read a book. It's just you and the book. It's just this hum... But when you stop reading and you look up, you want to talk to people. You want to hear opinions. You want to hear recommendations. That is what we are doing. That's what we're here for. So you get a bookseller in a store who cannot wait to talk about books. Ooh, that is your new best friend. So I want to hear recommendations from you. I want to hear ideas and opinions on the books that you've read. Let me know. I can't wait to hear it. So friends, no matter how you serve the world, Shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, and be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Okay, friends, until next time, happy reading! Happy reading!